Hi, this is Reginald Kuakaru coming at you with knowledge that will be thought-provoking for you. Why do bad things happen to good people? One of the difficulties I had with Christianity was how could God allow so many people to suffer seemingly for no good reason? I mean, God was supposed to be a loving God, right? If we were all his children, then why would he allow suffering? Because of this perspective, we really wonder why anyone would want to live on this earth. But we ask those questions from a perspective of being a finite human being and feeling powerless to do anything about our plight. When we would ask Christians these difficult questions, we would usually get answers like, God doesn't want you to know that, or the ways of God are beyond our understanding. Those answers are a model in contradiction and having to juggle cognitive dissonance. But within the comedic system, there is a very logical reason for every human being to be here on earth and why there is suffering. But in order to answer the question, we must look at it from the ancient comedic paradigm of a soul that is eternal and lives many lives. The answer still may not be perfect that I will give you. However, they will challenge you and your old paradigm of thinking. But it will make more sense than what you've gotten before. Let's get to it. So I need to expand your way of thinking via an analogy that would mimic the soul journey conceptually. Then we will get into the science and practical application of this knowledge. So here's the analogy. Let's imagine that you're a really good actor or actress that is sought after to play many roles. You can literally have your pick of tens of thousands of roles and you narrow it down to a thousand. Would you play the same exact character for every movie? Or would you get bored and want to change things up a bit? Would you get tired of playing the good guy and sometimes want to play the bad guy? As an actor or actress, in order for you to perfect your craft and expand your acting abilities, you would want to accentuate different aspects of different characters or maybe even downplay certain aspects to understand how a character might feel or react to different stimuli. Because of the best makeup artists, you can also change sexes and races. The possibilities become endless. You would never get bored because you can change any aspect of the characters in any of your roles. But why? Because you're also the director in all your movies. You have carte blanche to do as you please, all for the sake of perfecting your craft. And you also knew that every role would come to an end and you would get the chance to play another role. If you were that actor or actress... How many ways could you consider your roles and the outcomes? Would you simply test stuff? Of course you would. Now with this actor-actress analogy, you should have a glimpse of what it would be like to be a soul that lives eternally and experiences many lives. Most of us have never thought about what it would be like to reincarnate a thousand times. In reality, that's what you and all of us do as human beings. Your body is the character the soul is playing in your movie at this time. For the soul, it's a transitory experience in which you get to perfect your consciousness in the form of gaining wisdom. As always, I must give you a little background knowledge of the comedic system. 
Before Christianity, most of the world believed in reincarnation. It was natural because nature had cycles of death and rebirth. For most indigenous people, human beings are part of nature. But due to changes in doctrines over the centuries, the church gradually got rid of anyone that subscribed to the view of reincarnation. I mean literally. They were killing people off. Think about it. Who would be scared of hell and burning for eternity if they knew that they would get unlimited do-overs? As a soul, that's what you get. You have lived many lives and as many races. What you don't learn in this life, you get the chance to learn in another life. You won't burn forever. You get the chance to learn forever. This is where gaining knowledge of the comedic netter Osiris will be helpful for you. Many people that studied Egypt believed they were obsessed with death. In reality, their ideas about life were oriented from the perspective of a soul. The soul is the real life, not the physical you, not the human being that you are experiencing life through right now. Hence why the actor-actress thousand movie analogy fits. Osiris is the aspect of the soul immersed in the physical world within the human body. The soul is genderless, has no race or nationality. Being genderless was symbolized by Osiris as having one leg. This aspect of Osiris is alluded to in the Bible scripture, Galatians 3 and 28, when it states, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is describing the function of Osiris but it's obscured by the exoteric rendering of the scripture. Have you ever wondered why priests and preachers wear the dress-like gown that goes all the way to the floor? Because they were symbolizing Osiris and his one leg. The other problem with the exoteric rendering of the scripture is the belief that events of Jesus is happening on earth to a human being. In reality, the events are the journey of the soul. You can understand this better when you can grasp the meaning of the ancient terminology. Death and dying were not a physical death. They were slang language or euphemisms in esoteric terms about what happened to a soul's awareness as it transitioned into physical life. This is why Jesus dies on the cross. The cross symbolically represents a formula for the elements needed for a soul to cross over from the metaphysical world into the physical. Osiris is known as the god of the underworld. Again, for the ancient Egyptians, the soul is the primary being in the journey of the evolution of consciousness. When the soul is in its natural state in the metaphysical world, it is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. In this state, the soul is in the higher world. When it decides to incarnate, it descends into the underworld, which is life on earth. Since Osiris is the aspect of the soul in flesh, he is the netter or God of the underworld. You will read a reference to this in the Lord's Prayer. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. This is the soul speaking, not a human being. 
The rod and staff are a reference to the parts of a soul and metaphysical functions that a car needs in order to bring a soul into being. Again, if you know and understand Osiris and his functions, you would pick up on the veil references. The whole idea here is to understand that you are a soul having a human experience. That means that you live thousands of lives and each life is to aid the soul in evolving consciously. The more difficult the life, the quicker you will evolve when you gain wisdom from the challenging life experiences. If you want to learn a lesson about self-love, the Osiris part is also in a cycle of reincarnation. The cycle is tied to your ability to assimilate your experiences here on earth. If you do not assimilate them, then you will reincarnate into the next life for a do-over on the lesson you didn't learn in the last life. As long as you struggle with learning the lesson in life, you will continue the cycle of reincarnation. This is the plight of accepting the status of a victim. A victim will blame everyone and everything around them for what is happening to them. Victims get locked into the victim-perpetrator archetype and cycle. Within that dynamic, the victim can only hope the perpetrator can change. The perpetrator will project their fears onto the victim and dive into feelings of guilt and shame or double down on the idea that the victim is worthless and deserving of the treatment they receive, justifying their harshness. It's a dance of the souls and lessons of wisdom to be gained individually and collectively. This victim-perpetrator dynamic is what is being played out in race relations all over the world. So why do bad things happen to good people? You must answer this question from the perspective of the soul in order to have it make any level of sense to you. As I stated before, the soul learns through opposites. In other words, it's the trials and tribulations of life that the Osiris helps you to overcome that develops its wisdom. Wisdom is learning for the soul, not facts and history. Knowledge that are just facts and rational are simply memorized and dies with the brain. That's one of the reasons the ancient Egyptians did not keep the brain in the mummification process. The rational mind is the opposite of intuition, and in this way can be the opposition to surrendering to the higher self. The spiritual heart is the primary vehicle of gaining wisdom as a soul. This is why I use the actor-actress movie analogy in the beginning. It gives you a soul perspective. As a soul, you are the director and the main character in the movie. You are the hero in the movie. In order for any hero to become a hero, they need a nemesis to battle and overcome. As a soul, the life tribulations are the nemesis. Racism, sexism, poverty, etc. are the tools used to overcome and impart wisdom within a soul. As the director of the movie of your life, you hired the main characters in your life, so to speak. Characters like your mother and father, your siblings, close friends, your spouse, your girlfriends, and boyfriends. All the major events are prescriptions, so to speak. All designed to help you in your hero's journey through the movie, also known as Life and Gained Wisdom. The comedic law of duality states that in order for any experience or phenomenon to occur in the universe, there has to be opposition. In other words, when the Osiris or soul wants to learn self-love, 
It may choose a life where you get into a relationship repeatedly with partners that are verbally and or physically abusive to you. It's through the opposite of life experience, the abuse, that you learn the true lesson of self-love when you overcome and realize your own self-worth. The wisdom is gained when you learn to stand up for yourself and from that wisdom choose different type partners. Tracking right along with the ancient African spiritual science, it will take a change within you before the outside can reflect that change. Unless the old consciousness that led you to choose the abusive partners symbolically dies, then the new consciousness cannot be born within you. Unless you're reborn consciously through the wisdom you've gained, you will continue to choose the abusive relationships. If you don't learn self-love in this life, you'll incarnate in the next life with the same theme to try again. I'm using an extreme example of abuse for maximum understanding. When you learn to stand up for yourself and appreciate who you are, you will stop choosing partners that do not value you. You keep meeting and dating the same abusive people until the true you, the Osiris within, experiences the love and respect you gain for yourself in human form. From the Christian perspective, we've been taught to believe that a God outside ourselves is making all the decisions to make us dance like a puppet on a string. It leaves us wondering why God would allow bad things to happen to good people. If he's a loving God, then everything should be rosy and good all the time. But that's just not always true. Good people do suffer. Parents might have a young child to die. When that happens, we ask God why. God, why did you take that child? Based on the prevailing thoughts of Christians, we have to wonder, is God angry with us? We have to wonder if God is punishing us. Is it a curse? These Christian beliefs can send us into an emotional spiral of despair and depression. These emotions keep us in a low vibrational state to where we begin to attract negative thoughts, which feeds our negative beliefs about a terrible world. But if you understand from an actor-actress analogy, then you can see how and why we choose these lives to learn and evolve consciously. It can make you look at things from a higher conscious perspective, which can dampen the anger at seemingly unjust circumstances. Now, personally, I still react and get angry. I don't know if I'll get to the point that I don't react. I believe to reach that stage would make me less human. I don't want to be less human. As a good person, you choose this life. You chose the race. You chose all the important people that are impacting you right now. The question is, are you going to be a god or goddess or the powerless victim? There are many times we can look back on negative events in our lives and see the positive that comes out of them. The seemingly negative event caused you to do something different because you have to figure out quickly while under stress and pressure. If the event had not happened, you would have continued along the same path, which might not have been good. The bad thing that happened to you turned out to be the spur that kicked the hero into overdrive. You can look back on that and see it now, but you couldn't see it when it was happening. The trick moving forward is to try to see the good that can come out of the situation and act on it then. It will cause you to get into observer mode rather than being reactive. Observer mode is where you will gain your power. 
The epiphany that you gain from your hero moment is what the ancient Africans called enlightenment. The person, man or woman, that gained the wisdom gained the title of Christ. It meant that you connected to your higher self in that moment. It's a victory for the Osiris because it was able to guide you to the higher wisdom. Because of our fears, we can drown out the call of our intuitive soul. The opposition in this instance they call Set, or Satan in the Hebrew version. Satan means adversary. Your epiphany meant you were able to overcome your ego and the fear and doubt that kept you trapped in a situation you wanted to get out of and seemingly could find no way. But you had to have the courage to follow that intuition. The Osiris or soul within cannot force you to change. It has to be a choice that you're willing to make. As I said before, I used an extreme example of an abusive relationship to illustrate this point. But the opposition could be the comfort that keeps you from taking a risk to start a business. It could be the fear of speaking up for yourself when people around you keep pushing you down. It could be the test you feel you never do well on and your whole career is hanging in the balance when you take it. The adversary will always be lurking at the edge of your comfort zone. It's the unknown that can hold us back. As the age-old saying goes, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. But that's a statement from a person not willing to put themselves in the hands of their guides and ancestors to lead the way. Again, it takes courage to truly walk your spiritual path. It takes courage to be the hero and rise when that bad thing happens to you, the good person. You chose it before you lived. You were given everything you need within to overcome and succeed. Bad things happen to good people because they chose a life path to evolve and sometimes be a catalyst for the collective and society. What I'm about to say may anger some of you, and I completely understand if it does, but it's because you're hanging on to the old perspective. But I'm offering you a soul-level perspective. Individuals like Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor in their deaths chose a way to make a whole nation of black people rise and fight for justice in a way that changed the collective consciousness of humanity forever. They were good people that chose a way to lift humanity out of stagnation. It was a horrible thing that happened to them at the hands of a system that does not value them and us that look like them. But they chose a way to have a major impact on the world before they got here. Not because God is mad at them or wanted to curse them, from a finite human perspective, we see them as victims. But from a soul-level perspective, they are heroes on such a magnitude that they woke up humanity. When they went down, we stood up. This is part of the lesson that the Black Collective is to learn at this time. To value and appreciate self and to fight for what is right. You are a drop in the ocean that is God. When would the ocean want to curse a part of itself or see it fail and do bad? That sounds illogical when you put it in that context of the ancient African paradigm. But in the Christian paradigm, that psychotic, jealous, and angry God that is separate from you will harm you if you do not placate his ego. Does that sound pretty stupid when you put it in that context? It should because it is. You are a drop in that ocean that is eternal. You are the spark of light from light. 
You are the spirit from spirit. You are the universe in human form that the universe is always working in your favor. You have to know that and trust that. There's no way to get to that point if you believe God will invariably punish you at some point because of some transgression that you may not even be sure about. You can be a good person. You can have bad things happen because you are being given an opportunity to be a hero in your life movie and rise. Will you lay down or will you rise? Thank you for watching. Please like and share the video with all that will be empowered by it.